Love is amazing, but it's also bullshit, and it might also get you murdered. Hello, uh, welcome to the uh, third episode of uh, Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and get you murdered. I, I'm Aaron Black, and um, with, like, like always, is, is Nick Luna. Say hey, hi, Nick. Hey, hey, how's everyone? Yep. And by everyone, you mean like my immediate family, which is the only people listening. And uh, we also have Katie Leon Rose with us today. She's a really funny comic. <laughs> That's I, almost the right order. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I never had to introduce somebody before. I don't know how to do it. Anyway, do you want to... Um, do you want me to introduce myself? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Hi, I'm Katie Rose Leon. I'm beloved America's sweetheart and comedian... <laughs> And I've been featured. Oh, I got your names mixed up. It's Katie Rose Leon? Yeah. No shit. All right, interesting. I'm uh, sorry, please continue. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you you want to, like, um, mention podcasts and stuff like that? Oh, sure. Uh, I host a very accessible and not at all niche podcast about the anime show Dragon Ball Super, uh, which is in the plot line happens after dragon ball z but before dragon ball gt which is no longer canon and if you like adults in their 30s making fun of cartoons with comedians that are much more successful than us uh please give it a listen uh all right awesome that sounds like (laughs) that sounds like a good good cross mix of of you know people who listen to that podcast will probably listen to this we'll recap on on what this podcast is about it's about people that fall in love and then it goes to shit and they murder each other all right so just wanted to give a little disclaimer that you know there's a lot of great true crime podcasts out there like sword and scale Mm -hmm. and true crime all the time and true crime brewery and uh they all come at these stories at a different angle which makes them unique but the one thing they all have in common is uh they're all anytime they do a story it's extensively researched they look at all the sources all the you know articles if there's any court documents they'll try to get those and i just wanted to point that out because uh we are not (laughs) we're not extensively researched and i just felt like it's important to say that so if any of you are listening and you're you think i don't think that's right you're probably right you might be right (laughs) this is basically like imagine a friend who uh saw an episode of dateline and gets drunk and tells you about it. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> we literally only really have one source. Yeah. And we it, badly paraphrase like television. Yeah. You know when you go and visit your grandparents, they're going senile and all they can do is reiterate episodes of Jag they've seen recently. It's like kind of like that, except yeah. I'm hoping more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And and you know, for a second I was like, well maybe that could be our niche. That would be our unique thing. But that's idiotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that our niche is just that we don't prepare. That's not that's not good. So um, hopefully we'll get better at it. It's only our third one. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, let's also talk about the uh, wig store in oh. Jersey City. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not our sponsor. But. But if you need a wig. 
If, if you're planning on hiding your identity, look for the wig store on Newark Avenue in Jersey City. They're good guys. So, we are going to start... Uh, this story is the, um, the saga of Vegas Bray. She was determined to make something of herself. She was very proud of the way she looked. <laughs> you know, this story is, uh, as you will see, it's pretty simplistic. There's not a lot of twists or turns. It's not like an M. Night Shyamalan movie <laughs> where you or find like... out she was dead at the end the whole time. It's not like that. It's a girl who gets upset, kills her ex-boyfriend, and then she gets caught <laughs> because she obviously murdered him. One of the reasons I picked this one is because I think it epitomizes the essence of this podcast. This is a girl who fucking couldn't get over... Yeah, ex-boyfriend. You know, I mean, it's anybody who can't get over anybody. That's why people end up murdering each other. <laughs> I just, you know, personally feel like murder, especially, you know, relationship murder, is a really, like, male-dominated hobby. And it's really nice to just see young women getting out there and really pushing <laughs> to the front and leaning in. And, like, yeah. really just, you know, girls to the front. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, part of it is we wanted to, like, the last two podcasts we do, it was like, your typical dude being a fucking sociopath and just mm -hmm. doing yeah. terrible, horrible things. And, you know, it's like, hey, anyone can do this. <laughs> Any, anyone could go off the deep end. <laughs> so let's start with uh, a little background history. Vegas Bray, she grew up in San Diego. She had a very difficult time growing up. There was no father in her life. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't all bad. She had good grades. Uh, she was super attractive, very nice to people. Wouldn't even cuss. Like She would say stuff like, dang it. We would make fun of her for that. Like, And that's what I remember her being like, just, just a good girl. She also found a practical way to cash in on her popularity. Guys liking their hair done, and they were paying money, and she'd braid their hair. She braided people's hair. Uh, so uh, she ended up graduating in 2007, and she ended up joining the Navy. Uh, I don't know. They didn't say what she did. Uh, she, she was a machinist. machinist. Wow. What does that mean? I think I that know. means she was, like, uh, helping assemble weapons and things like that. But I am I, also it's, the last person that she Yeah, I, I feel like that's, like, a mechanic. It sounds like a mechanic. I just liked how the narrator made it sound when she graduated college to leave for the Navy like it yeah. was this terrible thing. But yeah. I mean, I think that's like a pretty legit career path. Sure. And also, can we note that our source material for this is from... The, it's all from Snap. It, it's from Snap, the Oxygen <sighs> TV series. Yes. And the narrator sensationalizes everything and it's yeah. amazing. Exactly. Because basically there's not too much with this case. So it would be like... And then... She went to the store to get some milk. <laughs> and she wanted half and half, but she could only get 2%. You know, and then nothing happened. You know, Susan was really working on her voiceover reel. Her name's Susan. We're great friends. Uh, Susan, okay. like, just, like, this was really going to be it for her. It was her first gig, and she really wanted to nail it so she could move on to hopefully Pixar movies or uh, possibly movie trailers. And I feel yeah. like she was just really killing it. And, you know, I feel like she was just really trying to entertain us through what essentially was could have been summarized in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost, you know, we, we, we mentioned that 
point like six times now, and I almost feel embarrassed that I picked this case. <laughs> <laughs> so let's continue. In the Navy, she meets a, a gentleman named Victor Sosato. Sosado? Sos- oh, God. Uh, Sosado? Sosado. <laughs> I, I write everything phonetically, and I wrote down here, Salcedo. I think that's how they were saying okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, from now on, he's just Victor. Anytime we say Victor, we're talking about this dude named Victor Salcedo. Uh, Victor, seven years older than uh, Vegas, uh, served on a destroyer. He was a bit of a ladies' man. A little bit. According to a, a, a good friend of his named Jeremiah Messenger. Which... Who's I, the true hero of this whole <laughs> I thing. love that dude so much. No, he, he crushed it on this on this episode. <laughs> but um, it's too bad he couldn't be involved in more murders. But anyway... <laughs> so, um, according to Jeremiah, he had a parade of ladies. A parade. Victor dated a lot of people. It was hard for somebody to keep his attention for too long. Do you think, like, question for you, do you think they called his bachelor pad the destroyer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He also had a four-year-old son. So there's that. Yeah, Um, and a baby mom's. Yes. Well, I think that's important because it points out why he stays put. Mm. Yes, which is going to be... a key later on in the story because holy shit this guy should have left so so quickly but anyway he ends up leaving the navy in 2012 you know and like i don't sounds like a sounds like a good dude to me they really don't talk a lot about what he was actually like though yeah yeah that's true like when, when you're watching this whole thing there weren't like a lot of people that directly interacted with the people that they're talking about yeah, there was like two or three of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we had <laughs> Vegas's friend, and then we had Victor's friend, and then we had like a local news anchor, and then Handsome McCop face. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's it, I think? Yeah. Oh, like, and then the, there was Old Cop Daddy, too. Yeah. Yeah. And all the cops, and I think there was also an attorney in there, and all of them just said things. Like, um, <laughs> they said things like, uh, so... She ended up buying a 38 caliber revolver, which is a deadly weapon. <laughs> yeah, no fuck. <laughs> As opposed to a 22, where you just shoot a person in the face a bunch of times. Nothing will happen, probably. Who knows, you know? Anyway, so uh, basically, Vegas meets Victor in the Navy, but they're, they're friends. They don't end up uh, doing anything physical. Vegas could not get into the parade of women that were going in and out of Victor's bedroom, unfortunately. But after Vegas leaves the Navy in 2010, uh, she's having a little tough time getting to civilian life. She's depressed. She um, she becomes a, a waitress at a strip club, which is fine. I, I respect that for like a show that's trying so hard to sensationalize everything, they really just kind of gloss over that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, thank you. I, I believe, you know, sex workers yeah, yeah. deserve respect, and I, I'm really glad that they decide yeah. out of all aspects of this. They're just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but they did do that thing where it's like, and then she took a job as a waitress 
in a strip club. Yeah, but they said every line of narration that yeah. way. So, <laughs> well, you know, I bet what happened was they interviewed like a probably some dancers and stuff, and all of them were like, "Yes, yeah, she's a waitress." <laughs> <laughs> and the producer was like, "And he's like, she served drinks. She gave drinks and took. My- what do you want me to say?" <laughs> Vegas uh, went to the gym a lot. And Victor also went to the gym because they like the gym. And they meet at the gym and they rekindled this relationship and it gets physical. And they started dating around 2011. And uh, after they started dating, it gets super serious according to like the three people that they interview. (laughs) The thing that attracted him to her was Victor had like a sarcastic kind of humor. She had that same kind of sarcastic humor. She was outgoing, attractive, and friendly. Somebody who he enjoys spending time with. They were a pretty serious couple, actually. You know, they did they did couple dates. They stayed at each other's houses. They were close, really close. She spent a lot of time with him. They spent a lot of time together. She was at his house. He was at her house. Oh, uh, I. I really like that uh, the friend, what's his name again? Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah goes, that's cool they found someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of uh, Vegas's friends was like, yeah, he could have been the one. <laughs> so there's that too. But uh, not even a year later, Vegas is going to call 911. So they started dating in 2011. I don't have the month they started dating, but on October 16th, 2012, Vegas is going to call 911. And basically, she's going to say that her ex-boyfriend, Victor, Victor, just Victor Salado. Salciado? Salciado. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. We need to figure out. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh. Can someone please call the oxygen? (laughs) (laughs) Victor Salcedo. Yes. What we're going to do is uh, <laughs> we're going to get a, a bit of me saying it right and we'll just dub it over. Can we do that? We could do that. We're, that's what we'll do. Or not. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll I, get this right. Okay. <laughs> how, do, how do you guys don't know? Like, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> What's your excuse? I am also dyslexic. Oh. And, I don't, and I don't pay attention very well. Oh yeah, I mispronounce people's names all the time. Yeah, but it's I, like, I got... people tell me their name, I will instantly forget them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the key, the key is you say it immediately after. Well, yeah, I did yeah. that with this guy's name because I was like, oh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, he's only dead and definitely won't haunt us. <laughs> well, anyway, he he was a good guy, and we should know how to pronounce his fucking name. Um, <laughs> and we don't want a haunted podcast. <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> Anyway, so they started dating in 2011. By 2012, Victor dies. It's Vegas who calls it in. She's at his apartment. This is 3.30 in the afternoon. What happened? Was he shot? Dad, what happened? Shot. Miss, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. So when the EMTs get there, let's talk a little bit about what they see at the crime scene. On the phone, Vegas made it sound like a suicide. Well, Vegas says that there's a weapon next to Victor, and the operator says, is it his weapon? And she says, yes. So she says it's his weapon. 
Mm-hmm. It's a 38 caliber revolver, which according to a police officer is deadly. <laughs> <laughs> a word? The problem is he was shot nine times. He was shot nine times. So, uh, Pretty ambitious suicide. Yeah, I mean... Actually, I would say it's the opposite. I would say you're not trying very hard if you shoot yourself nine times. If you're shooting yourself nine times, you got to be like, will one in the foot kill me? No. Will one in the other foot? No. So anyway, uh, Victor was shot nine times. Uh, a couple in the torso, um, some in the head and face area. One in the hand, which showed that's called a defensive wound. It was him going, No. Um, but she did not, uh, she did not listen to him. Um, (laughs) basically Vegas didn't know what happened. So Vegas ends up, uh, going to the police office and talking to police. She's not arrested at this point. This is on her own free volition. Mm -hmm. She could have left at any time, but she decides to talk to the cops, which is never a good idea. If you happen to be accused of a crime. Well, I mean, you know, they found the nine gunshot wounds, but she wasn't really a suspect at that point. I mean, she basically talks herself right into a guilty corner. You know, she has like, instead of the dunce cap on, it's instead of saying dunce, it just says guilty of murder. They go through the history. Vegas says they were dating on and off. When Victor broke up with her, uh, he didn't even break up with her in person. He didn't break up with her. That fool deleted her off of Facebook and just blocked her on accounts, which I think is a real tool-ass move, and I don't think you should get murder per se, but, like, maybe a gunshot to the knee. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but you don't know Vegas, man. But, yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Yes, if you get, uh, if if that's the way you end stuff with a person, um, it's... That's obviously not a good thing. Shouldn't get shot over it. But uh, you two are so scared at my jokes right now. <laughs> but at the same time, like um, we don't know how this it really went down. Yeah, nobody really knows what these two people were actually like, or at least we don't because we just saw the snapped episode. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were both sketchy. I think they were both sketchy motherfuckers in their own right. I, I could see that, you know, the fact he broke up with her like via Facebook, and the fact that she murdered him. <laughs> there's only one yeah. picture of him, and he's throwing up deuces. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, basically very selective photographs, and they're all terrible. Like, I'm sure he was a really good person. He served his country, and he he did what you're supposed to do. But I also know that <laughs> that his only friend seemed really bummed out. He had a girlfriend, which means <laughs> well, and also in all the photos of him with friends. It was only his one friend that was on the show that wasn't blurred out, and everybody else was blurred out. Which makes me wonder, like, why don't these people want to be on television talking about this? Wait, what episode were you watching? There was no one blurred out. Yeah, yeah there no, was a it, ton of people. Yeah, it was like the big crew stuff where it was Oh, like, you're talking about the pictures. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the people that yeah, were getting yeah, yeah, interviewed. Yeah, 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 the pictures, yeah, like... Maybe they just couldn't find them to sign the release. Maybe, I'm sure they tried. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, we were at the interrogation. Mm-hmm. So this guy breaks up with her, the not the nicest, smartest way. She ends up 
doing not great things to this guy. She throws eggs at his car, uh, punctures his tires. I punctured some of his tires. I punctured two. Or that, I think in March I punctured one. And then I punctured another. And then I did two. I just love that she doesn't, she doesn't fully Mitch did all four at once. So just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Well, Girl, don't do a full reveal. <laughs> it almost sounds like what she said was, she, it, it sounded like she punctured one tire per month. She was like, I can't puncture that one. And then I punctured the other one. And then what was it? March. Then I punctured the other two one. You know, it's, it's like, oh, all four? You mean all four? Are you talking about all four? Yeah. Uh, Victor is trying to calm things down. A week earlier, before he gets shot to death, uh, Vegas tells Victor that she's moving into his apartment complex. <laughs> oh, no. Which is, oh man, that's, that's not good. Victor co-signs the lease, which is clearly... Crazy, but uh, th but we're gonna get into why that happens a little bit later, and then she tells police that the night before the murder, they slept together, and uh, it started out with just drinks, drinks moved into something a little bit more, and um, they ended up having a, a coitus. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> coitus? Yeah. Coitus? Yeah, coitus. They probably they probably had like oral coitus and then <laughs> all types of coitus, you know. All coitus and everything. Congress of the cow. Ugh. Alright, so the next morning after several types of coitus. This is the most important <laughs> yeah, detail yeah, in my is, opinion yeah, of yeah. this whole case. Alright, drum roll please. <laughs> She wanted to get breakfast, and he did not want to. Yo, I got a lot of opinions about this. Mostly, if you bang a lady, I don't care how much you don't like her. Just buy her breakfast. You don't have to go to brunch. Just get her a McGriddle. It's not that hard. Like, just yeah. roll out. Once again, you know, I'm over here. Yeah. I know you two have a lot of opinions yeah. about who should and shouldn't be murdered. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a new world order, baby. And... You know, I'm not saying kill all men, but, like, maybe kill the ones that don't bite you a McRiddle after they fuck you. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that yeah. was an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> a McGriddle? It's yeah. the bare minimum. Okay, all right. So are you saying at least a McGriddle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, then, then you could be, like, annoyed at them, but you don't, you don't have to donate them to the cause. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> so, um... Uh, you know, hopefully you prevented a few future murders. Yo, I'm just saying, yeah. like, this is advice for me. I'm just, I'm concerned about the young men of America and yeah. they're mis, you know, I, I want to protect them and keep them safe. I want to teach them how to cross the streets, <laughs> which plants are poisonous and how not to get murdered by the rise of the feminist up. I said uprising already. The joke's over. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I will always buy someone food if you have. Se if you have sex with me, I will buy you several meals. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> this is on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll feed you a bunch. Um, yeah, you should really put that on your OK Cupid. <laughs> it used to be just the monologue of the um, Amer 
American Psycho where he talks about Whitney Houston. Okay, well, that is an upgrade then, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yes. Ultimately, this dude gets murdered because he didn't want to go to brunch. Go to brunch. Go to brunch. Now, just to give you some reference, this is still Vegas talking to the police. I'm, I'm, I'm just reciting what she's saying to them. She said that she had a plan to see a friend. And um, this is Southern California, and she's on the five. All of a sudden, she turns around on the five, and she goes back to Victor's. She could not get it out of her head that this dude did not buy her some food and eat with her. Uh, so she goes back, she drives all the way back, and uh, after she gets there, basically she does not remember what happens. She tells the officer that she blacked out. Basically was like, um, hey, do you wanna, you wanna buy me brunch? And then he's like, I don't wanna buy you brunch. And he goes, mm, fuck, you know, and just driving and it's like, won't buy me brunch, you know, and just <laughs> turning around and he goes, oh, motherfucker, won't buy me brunch. And then, this is... Oh, I believe the quote they kept saying over and over again was, uh, you'll fuck me, but you won't eat with me. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That is say that over the catchphrase. Yeah, she said that. Yes. He said, no, you know, like, you're, you're going to fuck me, but you don't want to eat with me. So she goes back and then she tells the police that she can't remember what happened. Let some things slip during this interrogation. She said that there was a gun uh, next to Victor. The operator said, whose gun is it? She said it was his. Well, during this interrogation, guess what? She said the gun was hers. Uh, it was her gun, which uh, whether or not she did it, or whatever you think that's like that's a big arrow towards she did it you know um and then also she just kind of sort of ends up admitting to killing him it was so funny well funny but like the investigator was just like hey so it's your gun you can kind of see like what this looks like right and she goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you know he says, uh, can you see how I might think <laughs> that you murdered him? And she goes, yeah, I could see that. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it. But I wouldn't. She goes, no, no. She goes like this. She goes, uh, but I wouldn't? Like, like a question. <laughs> like a question mark at the end. Like, I, I don't think I would murder him. Vegas is placed under arrest. And at this point, you know, the question is... Uh, how fucked up is she? Could she really forget that she would take a gun and shoot someone? Her friends do not back up the blackout story, which is not to say it isn't true. It's just that nobody can attest to that or corroborate what she's saying. Once again, we don't know, we don't know what's going on through her head, but... There isn't any outside sources saying, it, yes, she blacks out. Yeah, and to support basically any of her claims of the mental uh, PTSD blackout thing. Yeah. It, she is, though, diagnosed with several things. Sure. So it's not what she's saying. There is, uh, you know, some evidence there to back up her story. But as far as. Her losing time, blacking out. No. There's, there's no third party that says, yeah, that happened. 
at least on the episode of Snap. That is the only thing we saw. Yeah, because we actually know very little about this case. I mean, we know a lot, but just what Snap told us. Uh, What what friends do say is that she has a very quick temper. Uh, She was very jealous, specifically towards uh, Victor's baby mama. Ooh. Yeah. She, um, She was not happy about that. She, at one point, she pulled a Goodfellas on Victor. And by Goodfellas, I mean Victor woke up and she was sitting on his chest with the gun pointed at him. So with, like with, a, with the murder gun, right? I mean, well, we didn't go, uh, no one said that. So it would just be speculation. So can we speculate that, though? We can. All right, fine, we can, you know? <laughs> we can speculate. But we anytime we speculate, we should let people know that we're speculating. <laughs> As I was saying outside before, I feel like while that must have been scary for him, a lot of gentlemen post for that on Craigslist specifically, that service. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is one person's murder is another person's Craigslist dad. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny, too, because that detail came came from our, our hero. Uh, oh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was, was just like, yo, like... <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he kept being like I can hear the conversation so clearly that Jeremiah from day one he's like hey man these women they want everything you got yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. well uh, can we also talk about a bit like how like in this thing that we watched like it feels like the producers were really trying to like milk certain sound bites out of them mm-hmm. I don't know there's a part where um, this uh, blonde lady who, I, all she is is a reporter. I mean, which is which is fine. She she's a professional reporter. That's great. But she doesn't know anything more than <laughs> she just reported on the story like anybody else. She wasn't a friend of the of one of the victims, you know. And there's a part where she's describing Vegas's figure, and and she goes, she's voluptuous. <laughs> she's curvy you could just see like the producer of, of snap being like and and what else is she can you uh like just mouthing like hourglass say hourglass can you say hourglass hourglass you know jessica rabbit say she looks like jessica rabbit say if she was a cartoon she would be jessica rabbit say it you know (laughs) (laughs) we we can't end on curvy you know <laughs> but she put her foot down. She was like, "I will not say Jessica Rabbit. Go fuck yourself." Yeah. Okay. So, so we're talking about we're talking about Vegas's character and what people are saying. They're saying that you know she's very guilty and um, guilty. No, she's very <laughs> she's she's very angry and jealous. That's what they're saying. She did the Goodfellas, which is she points the gun at Victor. Then she starts up threatening him. Threatening. 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 And like just uh, fully goes all stalker mode. She's sitting in a car watching uh, watching its house. Um, one of the ladies says, uh, you know, she gives a good analogy and I like this. I'll say it anyway. 
she says that, you know, when you break up with somebody through the grieving period, right? Mm-hmm. And the grieving period is like however long, and then you get over it. For Vegas, she never got over it. It just intensified. Yeah, and, and this was blonde lady that knew nothing about the situation right? yeah. that said that. Yep. <laughs> she didn't know anything about the situation, but... Um, you she's know, lived a life. She, she's, a, she was, she's a very astute in um, human behavior and relationships. You know, maybe she... We don't know her life. She probably has lived some tales, and she just really identifies with this yeah. young woman on the verge of heartbreak. Yeah. What if she used to be with Victor? What? She was in the parade? Yeah. 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 What is it's she... very possible. Yeah not, yeah, not just in the p- parade, but on top of a float. <laughs> the I fucked Victor float. <laughs> She's the, the guy with the baton in front of the merch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys can't see this because it's a radio show, but Aaron is doing the motion of holding the baton up and down. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. You know, you you see parades and you go, oh man, how long did? It's not that hard. It's just it's literally just diagonally. Like this. You're really good at that. I know. Have you considered career change? And if I had a baton, it would look exactly like you see in the parades. It would be that good. I'm impressed. And, oh. and it just did several flips, and I just caught it behind my back. Oh, dude, yeah. It's not that hard. Um, so anyway, she started stalking him. He decides to get her off her trail that he's going to move, he's going to change apartments within the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So, I thought the initial, his initial plan was good. Yes, change apartments. But then he mm-hmm. does it inside the, the apartment complex. He's Which she is in. already stalking. Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, you didn't, your initial move was so good, but you just didn't take it far enough. He thought about moving home and back to Chicago but his son was in San Diego, so... Yeah, I think a theme of the moves this guy did, though, is that, you know, he he was thinking about stuff, but not not that much. I I mean, I think he didn't fully assess, like, how deep, like, this pool of crazy was, and he was just trying to keep everything chill. Yeah. Then again, I know very little about this guy. You know, it's, <laughs> well, yes, he definitely, I mean, it's clear that he underestimated this woman, but I think he, he had, he, he sort of knew, he, he, he definitely, it, he wasn't like oblivious to it, like, he knew that he was kind of in some peril danger. Yeah, I mean, you know, he talked to his homie Jeremiah about it. Oh. Jeremiah knew. Jeremiah knew. Jeremiah. Why didn't Why didn't yeah. Jeremiah step in and do yeah. more? I think Jeremiah did, but like it was just like <laughs> that same shitty dude conversation. Where he's like, "Hey man, this girl crazy." So, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, Victor's like, "Hey man, you say that about literally every woman. It's as if the systematic oppression of women throughout centuries they have used mental illness as a way to negate their feelings." And he's like, "Wow." Man, I never thought about it that way. I guess you should probably fuck her tonight. 
you think that was a quote by Victor? Victor yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. A little bit about Victor's background. He lived in Bushwick for like 12 years. <laughs> Part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. He had, he had to know, he knew something was up. He just, he underestimated it. And, uh, you know, th- there was a part of me, like, I used to have friends where, like, they would complain about, like, really gorgeous women being like, oh, she just won't leave me alone. And I was like, I want your problems, you know? But, uh, this, uh, I, I mean... This is a different thing than that. I think the <laughs> other underlying lesson of this story is that, guys, did you know that you can be hot and unstable? <laughs> yeah. I had an idea. I, I thought about that before. <laughs> I mean, Jody Arias. Arias? Arias. Who's that? Um, she's a, another, uh, hot person who murdered a boyfriend. Mm, mm. Yeah. All heroes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, he wants to move back to Chicago, but he, he can't because his son is here. Then she's moving into an apartment in his apartment complex, and he co-signed the lease. Yeah. Also, you know, I, I was left with some questions just in general about her employment. So they talk about her being like a waitress at a strip club. Mm-hmm. And then they just like gloss over like any other further employment. Well, I think he, she was just a waitress at a strip club the whole time. Was she? Why not? I don't... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I bet she's making pretty good money. Yeah, no, I've stuff. heard the money's quite good. Yeah. Why did you think of that? Why did you think that? Well, because she's like moving into a new apartment. And I'm like, well, to move, you need to have money. And then I thought, wait, what's she doing for work? Is she still at the strip club? Is she doing something Well, she had a co-signer. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to remember that this is all a really short timeline. Yeah, you're right. It's all within like a year. Yeah, maybe even less. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think... I think it would be safe to say that this whole time she is a, a waitress at the strip club. All right. Yeah. I'm down. I, I just wanted to work through that verbally with you guys. I mean, you know, there's, there was probably other... I bet there were several listeners that probably had the same idea. So, <laughs> it, you know, you had a question and... Um, Honestly, we didn't answer it. <laughs> we still don't know. We're just telling you what we thought. Everything we are saying comes from one episode of Snapped. <laughs> so hopefully those guys did their homework. Otherwise, we are fucked. <laughs> Which brings us to our next sponsor, Snapped. <laughs> Um, Ladies is pimps too. Yeah, One exactly. snapped. Yeah. <laughs> snapped on oxygen. Remember when this was a channel for women? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she tries She tries to move in. He, he co-signs it. Which, you know, I think at this point he's just like, I gotta do what she says or I'm gonna, you know, something bad's gonna happen. She, he painted himself into the she will murder me corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Victor... 
felt like she was going to do something horrible, you know, and at one point, Vegas even told him, if I can't have you, no one can. So, yeah, she, you know, just... Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. think she made it pretty clear that she was going to murder him. Yeah, it was, yeah. Six months later, after the uh, shooting, she gets, she finally gets arrested. I don't know why. Why did it take months. six months? Yeah. The point is she got arrested. And there is a pre- preliminary hearing. And a witness is on the stand. And a witness is saying something about her being jealous. And Vegas starts screaming at her. <laughs> saying, uh, I'm not jealous. I was never jealous. You know. Um, and she just keeps on screaming that over and over in the late and her lawyer was like, shut the fuck up. But, uh, but she would not, she would not shut the fuck up. She kept on screaming and yelling and eventually it got to the point where she was escorted out of, of the courtroom. Remember, this is not her trial. This is a preliminary hearing. And she made such a scene that her lawyer requested a psychological evaluation to see if she was competent to stand trial. And the uh, the judge granted mm-hmm. that motion. They did a psychological evaluation, and on July 2013, it was determined that she was not fit for trial, and she went to a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting question. Do you think possibly that outburst was kind of like a plan move? For her to do so they could set up a insanity defense. You, you know, that that's a tough one because... It's hard to say because my opinion is that you have some mental illness if you murder someone, no matter <laughs> what. Yeah, like, and I, you know, but at the same time, I know there's like certain degrees of that and whatever. Um, considering... What we find out later, I think it might have been a tactic. Yeah. Because, I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but there yeah. was stuff about premeditation later that comes out. Yeah. Um, specifically at this point, the real clutch here is intent. Mm-hmm. The prosecution needs to prove intent. The defense needs to prove that there was no intent. The physical evidence is there. She murdered that dude. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. The question is whether or not she consciously did that. Did she, in her mind, was it like, I'm shooting you in the torso, in the face, in the hand? Or was it like autopilot, almost yeah, like, a, like, like, like the movie Bernie mm-hmm. by Jack Black, which who was just an amazing movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that movie Bernie. Yeah. I would put that in like my top 20. Yeah. And that's a good, uh, I would say that's like a really good example, even though it's a movie and it's not like, I mean, it's based based on a real thing. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm just saying like the way they do that in in the movie is how I could see a murder of a person who, and if the person doing the murder is unintentionally Mm -hmm. killing that, blacking out, you know, because that stuff happened. Uh, anyway, so they do a psychological evaluation, and it's determined that she is not fit to stand trial. She is not competent. You need to be competent to be able to get, you know, charged with murder and go to jail. So yeah, yeah, you need to know that you're guilty. If you don't know that you're guilty, we're like, mm, 
stay in this hospital until you know. Do you know? Yep. Now you go to jail. <laughs> but you don't know, you stay in the hospital. If you think about it, too, like, that sort of, like, psychiatric facility would, in my mind, possibly be worse than jail. That's what I was just thinking. Because, like, I don't know, state-run mental facilities are probably the saddest places I've ever experienced. Like, <laughs> like to my knowledge. Like, it's not, like the nice ones that you pay a lot of money to go to it's just i don't know i think it's probably worse because at least in jail you get to take classes and sure i don't know i mean i don't know (laughs) it depends on the jail and it depends on the the level there's like several levels minimum you know to to it goes from like minimum where yeah you get to take classes and do all that stuff to and on the other extreme is a 23 hour lockup Where imagine being in a room twenty three hours a day with no books, no nothing, and you get like one hour to shower and to walk around a cage. Yeah, that sounds pretty tough. So basically, it's like who knows what what she ended up getting sentenced to. I I don't know, but I mean, it could get pretty bad. Alright, so, so from the psychological evaluation to when the trial start, three years go by. That's a, that's a really long time. And uh, the trial starts on October 15th, 2015. She is finally cleared. She is competent to stand trial. And she is charged with first degree murder. So let's go over what the defense is about and what the prosecution is about. Sure. Uh, I said this before, but it's all about intent. It's all about whether or not she meant to murder him. And, you know, um, and the defense is basically saying she blocked out. She didn't know there's no intent. You can't charge her with first degree murder. She's going to end up being guilty of something, but they're hoping it's involuntary manslaughter. You can sure. get like something like, I don't know, like 10 years or something. Yeah. And then probation. So the prosecutions, their thing is like, how do we show intent? Well, they do a pretty fucking good job because, <laughs> because of dun, 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 social media. <laughs> so this is just classic. I, she has like a bunch of Facebook posts mm-hmm. uh, all about like a fucking Victor would cheat it. What would you do? I'm going to kill him. You know, like all types of stuff. She also has a bunch of personal notes to herself. Oh. oh, yeah. This was so good because they didn't, they just took like a screenshot of a computer and it was like clearly someone just pasted it into Microsoft Word because there's a big red line under a bunch of like spelling errors and stuff. Yeah. But uh, she has a, she has a thing called a, a her, bucket yeah, list. Yeah, her bucket list. Yeah. But say, so like my bucket list would be like, I don't know, go kayaking, you know, in South America. Her bucket list <laughs> is all about killing Victor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Dreamy McCopface even says that at one point. He's like, most people's bucket list it's is about travel- traveling yeah. or eating yeah. delicious food. Yeah. Like you can with me, yeah. Dreamy McCopface. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He was like, he's like, my bucket list, I just want to go to Montreal and I want to eat poutine until I have a heart attack. That's my bucket list. But her bucket list, it wasn't like that. She doesn't, she doesn't mention poutine once. <laughs> or Montreal. All she talks about is just killing this fucking dude. You know, it's not a good bucket list. <laughs> That being said, her bucket list was very step-by-step, you know? She was like, buy a gun. 
Kill Victor. Well, I'll tell you what. As a bucket list, it sucks. But as an outline to murder someone, it's fantastic. It's, it's an A+. You know, women are amazing. Yeah. They they can organize anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a bucket list. I, I, I don't even know why they said that. It's it, it was an outline on how to murder this dude. And it it looked like the notes she took. Look, she looked like she had her shit more together than the notes I took to do this podcast. <laughs> uh, she had like um, Roman numeral and then... The, yeah, yeah. There were different sections of this set. Yeah, a bunch list. of hashtags. There were phases. Yeah, phases. <laughs> phase one. There was... like, no, it goes, phase one, get a gun. Phase two, drive the victors. Phase three, load the gun. Phase three goes in between phase one and phase two. Back to phase four. Point gun at Victor. <laughs> phase five, pull trigger. Phase six, don't stop. <laughs> phase, phase seven, phase reload. Seven, reload. <laughs> oh yeah, we 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 reloading was a big part of the intent. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, she's so so the thirty eight revolver, which happens to be um, an extremely deadly weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Only holds six shots. Victor was shot nine times, <laughs> which means uh, she shot him until the gun was empty, then reloaded, then shot him three more times. She fucking did an Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption <laughs> on this dude. It's it's. There's no way she didn't see that movie. She had to have seen that movie. You know that she probably saw it the night before she shot that guy. Because maybe she, maybe she's planning to escape prison in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah that, through like a sewage tunnel yeah, or something. And, ha- and then hang yeah. out with like... Morgan you know, Freeman. Morgan yeah. Freeman, yeah. Yeah. You know, in Mexico. Yeah. You know, they'll have a boat together. Yeah, I mean, but I hope doesn't. <laughs> Who knows? It, you think she's going to crawl through a pile of shit to come clean on the other side? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't think she. She probably actually never seen Shawshank Redemption. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't hold that against her though. Yeah, she looks like more of a Jersey Shore type of watcher. Well, now I think you're just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. She could have. She, maybe she has impeccable taste on movies. Um, yeah, we maybe really she, we really know very little about her. Maybe, to be fair, yeah. Maybe, maybe you talk to her and, and she says things like, uh, "Well, my favorite movie is about Kubrick is actually Paths of Glory, and I think the way he uses the camera." All I'm saying is we don't know. <laughs> All I'm saying, if I'm on one of these shows for killing a dude, it's because he had that conversation with me at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, seriously, though. I mean, like, I know Tarantino's derivative, but, like, if you just really gave it a chance and, like, looked at it for its aesthetic abilities, then, like, you'd really understand where I'm coming from here. All right, well... <laughs> I would be lying to say that I never sound I sound like that <laughs> all the time. But have you ever thought that have you ever thought for a second like yes, this guy sounds like a douchebag, but have you ever thought it's because he likes me so much? Yo, you it's I, I want to help you so bad. Because <laughs> 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 I'm trying to impress you, you know. I'm just 
saying it's a possibility. That he tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, trust me, I've... Well, actually, I haven't learned my lesson. I still say shit like that. I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> I have this knowledge about cinema that I need to share with hot single ladies at a bar, you know? And they were just waiting, hoping for you yeah. to come in. They're, They're like, ugh. Oh, uh, could somebody please come in and talk about like eight millimeter, what, eight, the movie eight? I don't know. Really? I haven't even actually seen that one. Um, what, just, eight and a half? Yeah. The Fellini John? Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Opening dream sequence yeah. is fantastic. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> do you want to talk about like some existential philosophy? Because I have some theories about, you know, you know, Satra and his like metamorphosis. My favorite thing to do when dudes do that to me is just act like I literally have never heard of anything. <laughs> I'm like, no, what is that? Is it a type of butter? Yeah. <laughs> And you shouldn't do that because if I was that guy, that's the part where I would get really excited and be like, actually. No, I know. I, I, you're in for it. Yeah, I just show you how long I can I can keep it going. Okay. It's like I time it. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Every, every every girl I ever talked to has been toying with me. Yep. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> learning we're all about learning here at uh love is amazing but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered um let's see where are we uh i'm just trying to help get you murdered aaron <laughs> <laughs> right, i just enough. i just care you know <laughs> That was a fun ride. All right, where are we at? <laughs> uh, we're actually we're very close to the end. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, so the bucket list. She so the bucket list, which is the worst bucket list in the world, is just her wanting to kill this dude. Well, depends oh. on what your definition of a good bucket list is. I think anyone's definition of a bucket list would put that bucket list in the category of shitty bucket list. Sure. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? To, uh, I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see France before I die. What about you? I want to kill Victor. <laughs> like, who's Victor? It's like, I, don't, I just want to kill him. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. What's number two? There is no number two. <laughs> there was a number two for her and her number two was killing herself <laughs> uh, that wasn't a joke she put uh, on her bucket list that she was going to kill herself but she did not get to that part she shot Victor and then um, she ended up calling her half brother and I think she called her half brother to say goodbye to mm. say Look, I'm going to kill myself. You were a good half-brother. But the half-brother ends up talking her out of killing herself. Mm -hmm. Which she did. But now she has a problem. Because uh, when she doesn't kill herself, that sort of means she was conscious through the whole thing. Yeah. And she totally knew what she did. Mm -hmm. So I think... That was the clincher. Her half-brother testified to this conversation. And I think that was like the clincher. That's how she ended up really screwing herself over. 
uh, to the cop, she said, oh, he wouldn't eat with me. I was on a five, I was on the five driving somewhere. I turned around and then I went back and then I came in and he was dead and I called the cops and I don't remember anything. This is what more or less actually happened. The dude was like, I don't want to eat with you. So she went home. She got the gun. She loaded it. She went back to Victor's. She shot him nine times. She shot him six times and reloaded, then three more times, which is altogether nine times. Called her half-brother. Half-brother was like, don't kill yourself. So she didn't. So then she kind of came up, basically sounds like she came up with a story. So uh, that's what came out in trial. The jury deliberated. I have no idea how long they deliberated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, who knows? I imagine it was fairly quick. You know, I bet <laughs> Snap does a great episode on this case. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch uh, episode two, season 20 of Snap, I think you could find out. But anyway, <laughs> they come out with a first degree murder. Uh, she gets 50 years to life. And um, she's in prison. She's in prison. She will be eligible for parole on 2066. And she will be 78? Something. Something it, like that. Anyway, that is the ballad of... Uh, <laughs> Vegas. Oh, shit. You know what we didn't talk about, though? Baby Bray. Baby Bray. Oh, uh, uh, we <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> she claimed to have an alter ego. Yeah. yeah. It's it like, was her rap persona. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, there was only like three things we had to mention about this case and we missed like one of them. Uh, okay. Well, uh, here, we'll just touch on it real quick. Aaron, yeah. sum it up. All right. Basically, uh, <laughs> at one point, she realizes that the blackout story isn't working as well as she wants it to work. So she talks about this alter ego that she had. And her alter ego, she said, she describes it as sort of a comic book graphic novel character. Um, and her name is Baby Bray. And it's Baby Bray who probably shot Victor and not herself. When you see the interrogation, I, I really felt for her. Because clearly you could tell... She felt remorse. Mm-hmm. Prison. See, see, <clears throat> I have a question though, because whatever happened to Baby Bray? Like, how many <laughs> years did she get? <laughs> she, she, she got a million billion years in imaginary prison. You know, this happened. She to was me. sentenced to watch Sybil every day for life. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy yeah, Brown. yeah, yeah. Every episode of the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> wow, that's tough. That's worse than prison. Well, I don't know. Do you like the Gilmore Girls? I hate watch the Gilmore Girls. You hate watch? Yeah, I like, I like, I know, what's the line? Where does it start? Where does it end? Great question. I don't know. I'm just compelled by, like, this magical fairy white world where mothers and daughters are best friends. <laughs> it's yeah. like, like, what is this garbage? Yeah, yeah. But also, who is she going to choose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. Like, I have a new person in my life. And he's like, just as long as he's attractive, I don't care. Who <laughs> fuck. Um, all right. Uh, so let's do an outro. Sure. Um, what were our last two outros? What do we do for them? Uh, well, we just talked about stuff. But uh, I guess, um, you know, we'll have another episode coming out soon. Uh, I want to thank uh, Katie Rose Leon for being out here. I want to thank you for AKA getting my name right. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. 
Katie Leon Rose. Yeah, uh, yeah, Katie, you have any more plugs? Uh, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at, at Katie Rose and Instagram at Oh Hello Katie Rose, and that's where all the shows will be. If you guys want to catch me in the hood, and if you want, if you like murder, you might like anime. So please check out my podcast at www.ballingoutsuper.com. All right, straight up from uh, K K R L. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, do you think may, maybe this might come out before the twenty seventh? Uh, no way. Let, let's not plug any shows. All right. Yeah. Say, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I can plug my Twitter. Uh, it's at Nikki Luna, and uh, Instagram's at Nicholas Luna. No H in it. Um, you know, I post pictures of things that I do for social currency. All right, cool. Uh, and uh, I, I'm Aaron Black. Uh, my Twitter is Aaron Black Comic. I haven't tweeted in like fucking forever, <laughs> but uh, and you could check me out at AaronBlackIsFunny.com. And um, that's that's it. That's the third episode. Yeah. Um, also, just would like to say a big shout out to our editor, uh, Anwar Levine. We're mm-hmm. going to try and get him on the show eventually. Yeah. Dude can talk. He's quite entertaining. Yes. Um, and he helps us out tremendously. Yep. And, uh, you know, and by the way, if uh, uh, if you like to cook but you don't have time to go to the grocery store or <laughs> check out Blue Apron, which uh, happens to bring uh, fresh, fresh ingredients straight to your doorstep. It's a great product for um, date night. Or just if you're by yourself, if you're just like a bachelor guy, but you're content with who you are, um, try Blue Apron. <laughs> yeah, and they send the recipe cards, and yeah. you know these recipes are great. It's very fresh ingredients, and yes. if you want to try and impress somebody, you can cook them yeah. a meal. Yep. Oh, uh, and, uh, one more thing. Uh, Blue Apron is not a sponsor. It is not. That is not a sponsor of ours. But uh, you know, maybe if we plug them enough, they will sponsor this. At least with some free blue apron. Yes. All right. <laughs> all right anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, uh, just remember that, you know, love is amazing, but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered. All right. Bye-bye. Love is amazing, but it's also bullshit, and it might also get you murdered. Love is amazing, but it is also bullshit and might get you murdered. You're rocking with the best. Nikki Luna and Aaron Black. Check the podcast out on iTunes. Peace and love, but not really, because it might get you murdered.